Film Autopsy. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Open hand. Open hand. Hey, man. Oh, very good. Very good. You're learning. <laughs> yes, yes. Just what wait. is going on? What's going on oh, with me? Yes. Oh, Rick, how are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing amazingly. I'm working on so, so many things are coming in, and I'm working on so many things, but... Uh, but that's not important. What's important is the action film autopsy. I mean, I look forward to this all month. I can wait, but I yes. look forward to it. Yes. <laughs> and, and just for that opening, I just love that. I still, I still love that opening. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, we have some badasses in the, in the chat right now. They love the opening too. Michael Gonzalez says, let's go. Like we got Latorio in the house. Brandon, that's right. Cyclone says, let's go. Eric saying, hello, badasses. Hey, oh yeah, all you badasses out there! I want to see the smart asses and the wise asses. <laughs> smart ass or a wise ass? That's what I <laughs> That's right. Hey, and lady, lady Danish is saying hello there. Uh, but yes, it's great to see everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Action Film Autopsy. Oh, with the boy. That's right, Fat Samurai Guy and Sifu Santa. That's right. We have a plethora of uh, content to discuss. And I guess we could just jump right into it and not waste any time. And we're also going to be doing a trailer reaction to Hidden Strike a little bit later. That's right. That's right. But yeah, tons of movies and television shows. Cannot wait. I'm looking forward to seeing what Rick has to say. But up first, we have the Haya original, Foggy Mountain, starring Peter Pham, Sifu Pham. Who you will be interviewing when? Yes, I will be interviewing... Peter, that's right. This Friday, guys, that's right. Hang out with me and Sifu Fam this Friday at 5 p.m. Pacific time. Yes. But uh, Rick, what yeah. are your thoughts on the movie? Well, I was all I've been a fan. I've been a fan of fam that we have to have the fam fan club <laughs> uh, for a while because, you know, since I'm affiliated and I love the guys over at Haya and we've, we've, uh, collaborated together over the last few years there it is and i love the channel um i saw brennan lane who's the rep there who we work with who comes with us to comic-con every year and all the rest of it he introduced me to him and showed me his first film it was a short film and i was going very promising very nice, nice. very interesting peter is vietnamese so I'd be, I was very curious about what would make the Vietnamese-style martial art action different than the Thai style or the Japanese style or the, even the American style. And he has the style. So now this is his first, to my knowledge, full-length film. And see that expression on his face? Yes. That was my concern because having seen his short, he has... And early also, earlier in this film, he shows a great deal of character. Okay. But, but spoiler alert, the moment his wife dies, mm. he just becomes a stone face. He just becomes that guy. Okay. And I'm going, you know, okay, I understand that. And then I'm waiting throughout the film for him to change up, for him to change his approach as right. he gets closer to avenging her. Okay. Uh, and you know, just show you don't have to get happy. I'm not. I don't want you to get happy. But yeah. at the same time, I want you to become 
more and more dedicated. I want to see the energy rise. And again, it's on a on an interesting level. Also, I want him to succeed. Nice. So when I saw the movie, um, the title, the look at that poster. Can you can you tell that's an action film, except for the blood, and also the title, the title Foggy Mountain. Get a little bit of fire sparks on the bottom right there, a little bit. Yeah, from a <laughs> from a uh, Vietnamese point of view, I think the Vietnamese audience would recognize the name Foggy right. Mountain because that's they have a location which Peter uses throughout the film, which translated means Foggy Mountain. But from an American standpoint, I first I think the first thing we would think of is Foggy Mountain Breakdown, which is mm. a famous song, bluegrass song, or, you know, uh, Smoky Mountain, excuse me. Smoky. Yeah, okay. Yeah, right. there hey, morning. Um, thank you. I We send massive respect back to you. So I was saying you should have called it Foggy Mountain Takedown. Mm. That's the plot. Right, okay. But basically, beyond all this petty nonsense that I want, it's a, it's, you know, one great thing about every, almost everything this month, nothing really sucks this month. Everything is good. And if you're a badass and you want to see action, this is, this is a 90 minute movie with like 20 fights in it. Oh, all right. And it also has Simon Cook from the protector and Ipmon three. There he is in the middle there. You see the, see, oh yeah. Look at him. Yeah. He's, he's great. Even in this picture, he's got the energy. Yeah. And that's what I would say to Peter, you know, because they have a lot of confrontations. He's the main antagonist. And unfortunately, Ooh. because Peter, it turns out, was also writing it and directing it and choreographer. He's also the choreographer. I think he had too much on his plate. So when the camera went on, he didn't want to screw anything up. So he just stayed playing. While Simon is just awesome throughout. And I, you know, and I had to admit, as much as I like Peter, I love Simon. And I was sort of saying, it's too bad they didn't switch roles, you know. But of course, Simon is big and, and imposing villain. Yeah, yeah. But it's still a really good movie, and I'm really looking forward to the next thing he does. Nice. All right. Yeah. Copy that. And I can't wait to talk to him and sit down and get to know Peter. I'm looking You're forward looking to it. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> waiting right now. <laughs> All right. Now, Rick, you're gonna laugh at you're gonna laugh at me. You're gonna okay. laugh. You guys watching, you're gonna laugh at this. Okay. So oh. I saw the trailer. <clears throat> excuse me. I saw the trailer for Project Wolf Hunting. All right. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I have to see this. This is this seems like it's right up my alley. I have to see this. I when I I, I bought the Blu-ray. That's right. Support and well go USA. Bought the Blu-ray, watched it. What when I got done watching it, this was my reaction, and I'm not making this up. Oh my god, that was awesome! That's right up my alley. It's got everything that I want. That movie kicked ass. Rick's gonna hate it. <laughs> how how little you know me. Oh, oh, oh you know me. okay. We had talked about movies like Barbarian and and you know, things that are good. And what was the one where the girl, the woman had her, her dead brother on the back of her head, that horror film. I forgot what it was called. You guys can call it out down in the, yeah. yeah. Um, I like good horror movies that aren't wasted. And also what's great about Project Wolf Hunting, especially having seen it almost immediately after Foggy Mountain, 
is that one is yin and one is yang. They're both actually kind of yang, but the difference between the two is the filmmaking. There was another, there's several more movies on this list this month where I loved it because of the energy of the film. It, the film didn't lie to me. This, yeah, exactly. Project Wolf Hunting. Let me, okay, let me ask you this, Fat. Okay. Why did you think I would hate it? I had an inkling yeah. that Rick would probably look at this and be like, okay, this is this is too gory. They're 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 overdoing it. It's just gore for the sake of gore now, and now it's boring. That's no. what I thought you were gonna you were gonna say. Listen, it's the gore was not well, actually, you're kind of right. The gore did turn out to be somewhat repetitive. Uh-huh. But the filmmaking and the characterization wasn't. The energy wasn't. In other words, I was wading through buckets of blood in movies, you know, when you were born. Right, yeah. You were a child. I mean, Wild Bunch. I was there at the dawn of movie massacres. Classic. Yeah. And all, and so blood in and of itself and gore in and of itself is not is not something that I'm going to hate. It's just okay. that if it... If it's fake, if it's not fake, if it's if it's just there, it's it's like swearing in movies. Mm. If the swearing is there just to take the place of better things, then I I will have a problem. But if, okay. but if it's if it's the poetry of profanity, if it's one of these movies where the swearing is just awesome, which I think <laughs> we have one of those in this movie in this <laughs> list as well, and it's the same thing with Project Wolf Hunting. But then okay. again, I, I saw Project Wolf Hunting after seeing what was the other one? It was uh, Foggy Mountain after you Kill, Kill Boxoon. I also saw Kill Boxoon oh. before I watched Foggy Mountain because okay. Foggy Mountain didn't go on to Haya uh, before Kill Boxoon was on Netflix. Okay. Okay. So I saw Kill Boxoon first, and then I saw Project Wolf Hunting. And I said that would make a great double feature. Oh, nice! Because the filmmaking. Of yeah. Both of them, the energy. And also, I love a movie where the director knows what they're doing. And ironically, maybe not ironically, coincidentally, maybe not coincidentally, both of those movies are Korean. Right. The, the Koreans do not have a do not have their own uh, martial art. They have uh, Korea has a martial art that was forced on them by the occupying Japanese. So while the martial arts in their movies, if they if they do Taekwondo as repetitive, they, these filmmakers, let's see, Project Wolf Hunting was Hong Sung Kim, Kil Bak Sung was Song Hyun Byun, and both of those guys, they are, they're camera foo, they're filmmaking foo, that's what yes. they do. And both of those movies have, are just dripping with filmmaking foo. So let me do my impersonation of now I'll just do Project Wolf Hunting first. Okay. This is me doing my impersonation of Project Wolf Hunting. Uh, uh, oh, okay. All right. Okay. Yep. All right. Gotcha. I mean, certainly the blood didn't affect me as much as it went by. Okay. And I didn't actually care about anybody. But I didn't but I didn't care that I didn't care. Right. This was a pip. If you're a badass Go have fun. If you're yes. a wise ass or a smart ass, go appreciate the filmmaking technique. Awesome. All right. Stand up. 
Woohoo! That makes me feel good. All right, let's keep on rocking and rolling. By the uh, way, Daniel Daniel Kwong Hui Choi did the action. Okay. And it was pretty awesome. Nice, nice. Uh, next up, we have American-born Chinese. Rick, what'd you think of that? Did you want? Did you see any of it? No, no, I don't have. I do not have Disney Plus at the moment. Yeah, there we go. My, I, it's. I think. I think it's six or more episodes. The okay. First, the first, every episode was looked very promising, very good. Yeah. Um, it's done by uh, Kelvin Yu, who was one of the brains behind Bob's Burgers. Oh. So you can see that kind of approach. Okay. Also, the uh, action was done by Liang Yang. So that so that's faithful. I mean, it's a faithful Chinese approach to the whole thing. However, yeah, that's an example. You can see you can see touches of everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. Specifically, and of course, Michelle's in it, and of course, uh, other actors from everywhere, everything, all at once, mm -hmm. are also in it. But the problem I am having is that the show's getting better and better and better and better and better and better. And then I get to the last episode, and I'm like, going, "Oh boy, I'm really looking forward to this. This is going to be great." It was like running face first into a brick wall. Oh. I'm going to ask everybody to watch it because it's worthwhile. It's really cool. Okay. But that last episode is just kind of, is this supposed to be terrible? <laughs> did we did we just lose all our energy and now we're doing nonsense? Right. Because the ending is everybody, you know, I know Daniel Wu. I've met him. I've met Michelle. I've met all these guys. And so I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for the whole show. And then the last episode, everybody has a confrontation. They battle on a football field. They're flying through the air. They're doing wuxia all over the place. Yeah. But they're doing it in front of the entire school group. They're, it's on the football field, and the entire school is watching them. And the entire school is like going, hey, this is cool. They're flying. They're all reacting totally unnaturally. Hmm. They have one character, like one teacher going, when did they learn to fly? And they just said, oh, you know, ignore it. You know, the, the football coach goes, ignore it. I'm going, what the F is going on? And then, spoiler alert, they don't finish the story. It's a setup for season two. Ah, uh, boo. So I was enjoying it, but man, I'm hmm. pissed. It sounds you like it. It sounds like a dream sequence or something. It does. I thought yeah. it was, but then he doesn't wake up. It's so artificial. It's so unnatural. It's so contrived. And it's just the last episode. So hmm. you guys watch it. You tell me what you think. Okay. okay. Worthwhile, but that last episode is. Hmm. That's, a little, that's interesting. That's weird. Thankfully, thankfully, I have. Are we going to Are we going to do the uh, the trailer now? Or are we going to do the I, I remembered you wanted to do it after this. Oh, after this. Yeah, I, I just now remember. How was Daniel as Wukong? Oh, they're all great. Okay. Except they lose all their realistic and normal energy in the last episode. Okay. He, and Daniel's good in that too, but again, he's forced to do all this contrived stuff. Right. All right. What the? Okay. Well, this, this <laughs> franchise here, 
Now, Rick, you're going to have to educate me here because I have seen comics with these characters on it. I have seen cartoons. I've seen even video games right now with these characters. And I actually came across one of the older movies and I was watching it and I was laughing hysterically. I was like, oh, this looks like fun. But I didn't get a chance to go back to finish it. But now we have a brand new movie uh, about our two characters here, Asterix and Oblix. And yes. the movie, it's on Netflix. Okay. And, and I'm, I'm using uh, the uh, French poster here on Netflix. So they have the full title was Asterix and Obelix in the Middle Kingdom. Ah, okay. Now I know That's how to say it. Empire in milieu means in French. Okay. And I've been, oh yeah, and there's Julie Chen as Princess Fu Yi. I'm just putting in the uh, the Chinese people who are on the posters. I didn't include all the main characters, yeah. but you know, that's the kind of thing we're doing the action film on. Here we go. There we go. There's the whole gang. Asterix. Asterix is on the right. Obelisk is on the left. Obelisk. And this is a long, of course, the, the French have one of the great comic book industries. The French have one of the great pop cultures. That's what I, I love about France and Paris is that th they have my favorite thing about cities, the same thing with Tokyo, the same things with Orlando, not Orlando, excuse me, with uh, California, which is they have England too, London as well. They have a great culture, but they also have great pop culture. France, London, and uh, Tokyo. Those are just my favorite cities besides New York because they have pop culture and culture. And Asterix is like the foundation of their comic book industry, which is known in France as the bande dessinée. That's what their comics are called. And you go to a bande dessinée, they have the best comic stores in the world because the French are classy. <laughs> I mean, right. they have bande dessinées for babies in the crib. They have bande dessinées for the elderly on their deathbed. They wow. have every imaginable kind of story with every imaginable kind of art, and they bring to it the, the French approach, the artistic approach of France. And Asterix is one of the main characters, the concept of it. it it's during the Roman Empire, the guy down there, uh, Vincent Cassell there is playing Julius Caesar. I thought and, that was him. Yeah, I like him. And Julius, yeah. Uh, and also, that's uh, Marion Cotillard on the left playing Cleopatra. Oh, wow. So it's a great cast. The gentleman playing Asterix is Guillaume Camay, who wrote it, directed it, and stars in it. So it's a labor of love for him because in all the previous movies, they had different actors playing these roles. So, but he's a major guy. He, he, he does... The other people who worked on these movies are all doing these comic movies, but this guy's yeah. approaching it like a movie, but he's he wants to do it to pay homage to the very long series of Asterix comics that How have been going on. Uh, is this like the hmm? 50s? How old is oh, yeah. the comic? This goes, yeah, this goes back. This goes way oh, wow. You know, just after we finish, guys, go on to uh, uh, Google uh, or uh, Wikipedia and just type in Asterix. Wow. And you'll see incredibly long history. So here, the uh, he he want he he follows the comic. I read the original comic. I had a lot. I had a lot of Asterix comics, and the original comic of all takes place in China. Almost almost all of it takes place in China, unlike uh, Tintin, which is the other 
uh, foundation of Bandesine. He also has the Blue Lotus, which takes place in China as well. And both of them are awesome comics. And I even have, I have a, a Blue Lotus sweatshirt, which if they were doing uh, Tintin, I'd wear that. But at, this, this is a delightful film and even more delightful because Mark Huang is listed in the credits as the Tai Chi Kung Fu advisor. Mm. And, and he worked with Jet Li in Unleashed. Nice. So he knows his Tai Chi. And there's that wonderful moment. Go back to the princess poster. You notice her hands? Uh-huh. And go back to the other one, uh, Tan Ha. Now, she, she has one hand open and one fist, and she does a whole Tai Chi fight. Oh, all right. And they also do, again, like um, I, uh, Sakura, which we haven't seen for this month yet because it's not out officially the Donnie Yen movie, they do all the different styles of screen Kung Fu. They do Tai Chi, open-handed. They do Kung Fu, uh, chopping and all the rest of it. But they also do Wu Sha, which is the flying and the floating and all that stuff. And it's just very colorful. I can assure you, my French friends, my dear French friends have told me it is better in French. Even though on, on Netflix, it's in French, but with subtitles mm. it's very hard to translate french and japanese uh, language because both of them are very poetic and we really and american translators don't have time to put in all the beautiful poetry and the, it's kind of like uh trying to trying to enjoy stephen chow movies that are subtitled because all his dialogue are jokes they're right. on top mm -hmm. of each other. so but even so, it's still colorful. It's fun. The martial arts is really good. Nice. Uh, the heart and the warmth and the smartness. Yay. Copy that. All right. Now. Now. Do we have we a trailer do... to watch? Yes. Uh, so, Rick, before we react to the trailer of Hidden Strike, do you know the story behind it? Why did it take so long to come out? I was going to ask you. <laughs> Basically, I assume because you well, let's watch it and then okay, we'll then we'll discuss. All right, guys. Because I looked it up, I couldn't find anything on it. Okay. All right, let me do some screen share option here. Booyah Kasha. John Cena. Now I know John Cena had to apologize to China for something a while back, correct? Again, your your guess is as good as mine. Let's watch the trailer. All right. All right, here we go, guys. Hidden Strike, John Cena, Jackie Chan. Here we go. Booyah shot. In the near future. Slow <laughs> and put in the hole. Got a team of international criminals. The biggest oil heist in history. Mad Max Fury Robe Road vibe going on here. 
guys are a little bit on edge. You guys your nicknames? <sighs> Bald Eagle. Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. Full disclosure, there's a lot going on here. I think they're gonna shoot you. Why? Because the first time I see you, I want to shoot you. I need muscles on fire! See? Does Jackie Chan look younger to you for some reason? <laughs> I'll, I'll explain. Just take it back what they all want. We got ourselves an old fashioned standoff. There we go. Let's, I'll go low. Okay. Let's get some Jackie action in this trailer here. I'm okay. You okay? Get off me. Okay. Hit the world. Right? And we need more of that. Let's get some more of that. Ooh. Bump there. Shame you have to do this on your own. I'm not alone. <laughs> Action. <laughs> Is this Fast 11? It's Fast 11. Hidden Strike. All right. Okay. From the director of Need for Speed and the new upcoming Expendables 4, Rick, thoughts on Hidden Strike? And everybody watching right now, let us know in, the, in chat what you thought What you thought about. Honest thoughts, well, Rick. I, well, first of all, I'm pretty sure COVID got in the way. I'm also pretty sure this was done at the time when Jackie was doing partnerships or appearing in movies with Johnny Knoxville and stuff like that. Cause it looks like his plastic surgery uh, was of that era. Thankfully okay. recently with ride on, he has sort of like gone back a little more naturally. So he, he looks a little less plastic. Mm. Okay. Uh, and also I'm very happy to see that his Kung Fu remains the classic Jackie avoidance of fights and apologies if for someone allowing, you know, basically he lets somebody hurt himself and then right. say sorry. That's classic Jackie. And that, and pretty much he's the only guy in the world who's doing that now. Right, right. He also is again trying to prove how badass they are. And this is why I fell in love with Jackie in the first place, because I, I saw Bruce Lee, you know, I said, that's great, but it's not, doesn't speak to me. And then I saw Jackie and Drunken Master, and I'm like, <laughs> That's the kind. That's the kind of kung fu I want to. I want to learn. So he's still doing that. John Cena seems to be doing also the John Cena of that era. Right. Right. I think one of the things that really got this released was Fast X. Could be. They saw Fast X. They saw yeah. John Cena's performance in uh, Fast X, and which we'll get to. Right. And and said, yeah, let's get this out now because we're never going to make as much money on this. Because I know they, I know that, I, I at least know they started this project like at least five or six years ago. That's how oh, old this is. Yeah. And you notice, so. you notice the name of the of the film company. XYZ. XYZ Films. Right, right. What have they done? <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, hey. I'll, I'll give the, I'll give the trailer this. It does look better than Skip Trace. I was not really a fan of Skip Trace. Um, but I, I was not expecting the Mad Max Fury Road vibe, but I'm not, I don't hate that kind of stuff. I, lo I love those kind of movies. So and it, looks, it looks, the production looks okay. I mean, there was yeah. no, 
there was no uh, visual effects that made me go, oh, that looks incredibly cheap. Right, right. There's some budget it, there. Hopefully okay. this will be fun. There you go. That's all that matters. All right. <laughs> hey, what's going on, champ? He's saying hello to us. All right. Hey. All right. All right. All right. So fingers crossed for a hidden strike. Now let's get back to the action film autopsy. And speaking of action, oh, wait, I skipped forward. Let's rewind a little bit. Action comedy. Rick, Fubar, what's going on? Well, <laughs> you have do you have the picture that I put up on the site? Do you have the picture of of Arnold Arnold walking away from a dumpster fire? No, I don't. I don't have the one. One of the, one of the it's very hard to find pictures from Fubar. It's a series, by the way. It's right, not right. it's not a movie. But one of the pictures that is mostly used uh, for promoting this movie shows something from the opening episode, which is Schwarzenegger walking away from a dumpster fire. Okay. And I think that's a very good review of the show. <laughs> it's not quite a dumpster fire. It's uh, Nick Santora, who uh, was the producer of uh, Prison Break also is the executive producer of the Reacher series on Amazon, which I quite liked. Oh, yeah. We love and he that. also wrote Punisher War Zone, the screenplay for that movie. And he's the guy who runs this. Uh, Jean-Francois Lachapelle is doing the action. But there's precious little action. Mm. Had this been a movie... Oh, yeah. there And look at Arnold. What I <laughs> love is in the very first episode, he keeps on repeating like at least three times, I believe, in the first episode, he keeps mentioning he's 65. Yeah. In reality, he's 75, which means he's actually 78 because everybody in Hollywood shaves a little off of their age. Right, right. Years. And unfortunately, he moves and acts like he's 75. Mm. And it's very hard to double him. Right. So they... They stuff the show. In other words, this should have been one movie. Had it been one movie, it probably would have been really good. But being at six to or more episodes, yeah, every episode is stretch, stretch, stretch. And they stretch it with my least favorite thing, which is contrivance. Mm. I mean, basically, the main the two main characters that you saw there in the picture you showed, you know, those guys, father and daughter. They have to, they should have been, they should have been fine. They should have just been perfectly fine with each other. But no, they have to create all this false antagonism and they're constantly arguing. Just right, right. thought, you know, all right, get over it already. Third, fourth episode, they they have to keep fighting to keep the show going. Gotcha. So gotcha. it's still okay. It's not terrible, but it could have been really good i can't say it's good could ever be great right right yeah there you go <laughs> so yeah hey. well it's weird because i saw the teaser for it and i was like oh uh, arnold's gonna make an action comedy series on netflix this shit this might be funny but in the teaser they didn't show that he had a daughter it was just him yeah and then <laughs> i saw the trailer and i was like oh it's a it's a daughter father daughter type of show and i was yeah, like and also going, where do you get comedy out of this why are you mm. calling it comedy it's not what, funny. was the daughter character really extremely annoying or was just the script was no good uh the 
yeah, the I don't know what caused the 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 stuffing of the the episodes or what made them do it. I mean, because they wanted to have a series, I guess. So then they just filled it full of crap. They didn't leave it open for a second season, did they? Oh, of course they did. <laughs> it, it ends on a cliffhanger. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm gonna skip it. If you didn't like it, Rick, I'm just yeah. yeah I, I would just... recommend watching the first episode. Watch watch. Give it a shot. Watch the dumpster fires. See if you like it. <laughs> okay, copy that. I, I loved Arnold, so I wanted it to be better. But right? Just, yeah, yeah. Come on. <laughs> I mean, again, I just want them to be clever. I want them to be smart. Right. And he is smart, and he is clever. Yeah. So why didn't mm. you make that movie? Yeah. They should have just made it a movie. Movie? Why didn't you make a movie? Copy that. Thankfully, I could go right to the next movie, which is also on Netflix. Yes, and this is our boy right here, Rick. And I haven't got a chance to see this yet, but this gentleman right here, Benoit, he he is the ex stuntman who masterminded the Lost Bullet One and Two, which are also on Netflix. Excellent. Yes, they have a deal with Netflix because now he has. Do, he's doing this new movie, aka, where yeah. he, yes, he's an assassin. <laughs> oh no! But he's okay. a French, he's a French assassin. Okay. And he's also Alban Lenoir, and he's using, despite that picture, despite his expression here, he's using this movie to to allow him as a character to have more range than he okay. had in Lost Bullet One and Two. Lost Bullet, he was kind of a one track guy. Right here, he's kind of here. He has to soften a bit, okay, and he, and he does quite well. All right, I was pretty impressed. And in the meantime, again, it was not as much car and fist action as the Lost Bullet One and Two, but it's right. still very entertaining, very smart. I mean, despite the writers' strike, and I feel bad for the writers. Netflix came in at the right moment. And, you know, you can see Netflix is now doing Indian films, French films, you know, Asian films. Yeah. And those and those writers aren't on strike. So they're going to keep us entertained. And that's not great for the writers strike because I want the writers to win. Right. Right. But um, but even so, as a viewer, um, I'm, I'm glad that I'll be able to be entertained through what looks to be a very long writer's strike. Nice. So, AKA is a, another winner for this actor and filmmaker. Another winner and another winner for us, the audience. Nice, nice. Yeah, it's on the list. It's on the list for sure. All right. And and the, was there a release date yet for Lost Bullet Three? No, I mean he may not. You know, again, that'll be that'll be down the line if he decides to do another one. And they Copy should that. because you know, yeah, two had a cliffhanger. They didn't right. solve the problem of the corrupt cop. That's show. right. That's right. All right. Well, continuing with Netflix entertaining us, Furies. Furies, not surprisingly, is the is the sequel to Fury, which Welgo has. Welgo Haya has Fury, the original movie mm-hmm. in the semi-series. However, spoiler alert, my favorite thing about this movie is that it turns out it's like the wandering earth. In that the Wandering Earth Two is actually Wandering Earth Zero. Right, right. You no, know, it's the prequel. Mm-hmm. So is Furies. Right. But it seems to be, it appears to be when you when I start to watch it, 
It's not until the very, 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 very end <laughs> that they do this cute little thing where I went, ah, you're setting <laughs> up Fury. Yeah. Oh, geez, that's cute. And also, the you know, and it's like kind of like Fury had one Vietnamese woman trying to find her human trafficked child. Right. Here we got three uh, women in, in the human trafficking situation who, you know, you know, times three, we got triple the pleasure, triple the fun. Yeah. The action is by Kefi Abrich, who also did The Princess. That um, mm. I, I forgot what uh, was that on Netflix as well. Was, That's on that was on Hulu, but Veronica and Go was in both of them. Yeah. Right. So that so the action is similar. Mm-hmm. It's it's predictable and familiar action. Uh, Fury was a good movie, except the again the action wasn't as sharp as I wanted it to be. It was still mm. okay. Yeah. But it, I mean, again, the leading character has the villain at a disadvantage and then just stands there and waits for her to get up. <laughs> like, all right, whatever. Okay. Yeah. I, understand. I understand you're in a rush and you don't have a lot of money, but still, again, this is a Vietnamese movie. Uh, uh, also a wonderful double feature with foggy mountain go from Netflix to high. Yeah. Yeah. The, the only two streaming services you'll ever need. Those two <laughs> subject matter. And you and see the difference between the Vietnamese filmmaking techniques. Right. Because again, I don't believe, and somebody correct me if I'm wrong, and you know, Lord knows I'm willing to admit it, I do not believe that Vietnam has a country martial art. Like, Hmm. you know, Korean is Taekwondo, Judo, Karate, etc. is Japanese, Thai is, you know, uh, Muay Thai. Does Vietnamese have its own martial art? I should have looked this up on Google. Someone look this up on Wikipedia or Google. Yeah. Let me know. They should. I'll do it. (laughs) They should, but I didn't see any evidence of it in these two movies. Gotcha, gotcha. I didn't see anything distinct. Okay. Copy that. Uh, Quick question for you, Rick, before we move on. Expectations for Secret Invasion. I, you know, yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. I do, I no longer, I no longer have expectations for anything, ever. I will see it and I will, I mean, we're going to get into at, on the last, I was planning to get into on the last movie where we were doing this month, uh, the nature of what I've heard, I've seen and heard Hollywood Reporter and other sources mm-hmm. talk about Marvel fatigue. And I was going to correct that because I don't think it's Marvel fatigue. I think it's Marvel dropping the ball and mm. not, you know, when it's when it's good Marvel, I love it. But right. since, since Eternals, I just sort of went, why did you make this this obvious mistake? I mean, right, right. With, with Iron Man through Endgame, you didn't miss a trick, except you know, of course, Iron Man three and Thor: yeah. The Dark World and stuff. Okay, but you were trying. I could see what you were trying to do. You were still building. You still right. were dropping in characters. Mm-hmm. And Jan with no introduction, absolutely none. I'm still boggled by yeah. how they introduced America Ferrara in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Man. They just throw her there. Don't say anything about her. Don't give her doesn't don't give us a moment of character building. I'm going, what the F, man? Yeah. What happened? 
You were yeah. doing it all right. And they go, we did it so right and we were so successful. Let's not do that again. <laughs> so I will watch Secret Invasion. Okay. And I will hope it will be, it'll take more like the movie we'll be talking about at the end of this rather than the, the stuff that's we've been seeing lately. I right. still haven't been able to get through this watching Ant-Man in, in Quantumania the second time. I wow. haven't been able to get through it. I haven't even seen it. It's so irrelevant. <laughs> it's so DOA. Gotcha. And I loved everybody in it. Yeah. I, I know all these characters, so I should care about them. But I don't. Copy that. Uh, you, need to, you need to write for the MCU, Rick. Well, you know, I was, I'm, again, I did my speech for Walt Disney in 2017, which was called Kung Fu and the Art of Screen Action. It is in their permanent library. Okay. You know, I've been saying, I've been saying to somebody, tell Feig about it and have him watch it and, and, and follow my suggestions because you can, yep. in, you want the audience to be involved, not like. <laughs> uh, Copy that. Copy that. Speaking um, of that. All right. So before before we get to mother, before we get to the mother, in similar fashion, have the lead the lead actress in Kill Boxoon, I think she was in her fifties when she trained for three months. Mm -hmm. uh, she really worked hard uh, for this film. So before we get to J Lo working hard and see what the results are, well, uh, let's talk about Kill. Yes, Go ahead, Rick. That was the Korean film, another Korean film by Song Kyung Byun who's a terrific filmmaker. It's not Project Wolf Hunting. Would you say that, that Project Wolf Hunting was sustained throughout? Did you feel it dropped off near the end or do you feel it? the energy was sustained throughout? I feel like it was sustained because it just kept going. Go. I can't say that about Kill Buck soon. It okay. starts really well. It continues really well. That's from the opening sequence, which is just terrific yeah it's hysterical it's very very well done. hilarious yeah uh, it's another since it's netflix mm. too long mm. and they start to they start to what is the word they don't trip they start to they don't even stumble in the middle of it they they just start to shuffle a bit they start to lose their balance they take some turns that are unnecessary and kind of dull and they and then and then it it ends well. I'm happy with the ending, um, but I think if they took out like a quarter of the movie, it would mm. just cracker jack. Right. But still, I enjoyed it throughout because I watched the filmmaking. Gotcha. The filmmaking was 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 uh, <laughs> tight. The filmmaking was tight. Yeah, I like the tea house fight. That was so entertaining when they yeah. were, all all the assassins were like, "All right, we're, we're going to get her." After they were just having lunch, and they just started yeah, attacking her. I'm I'm because I'm more accepting now of the fact that every everybody in the half the people in the world are assassins. <laughs> Copy that. Hold it against the movie. Okay, okay, another assassin movie. We're, we're back to the assassination. Right. Were Were you a little disappointed with the end finale because there wasn't really a fight? Or no, you see, I appreciated that. Okay. okay. You know, I like the way it ended uh, because it took on a human nature, which I appreciate. Right. There was an emotional effect. Yeah. To it. yeah. 
All right. So uh, J-Lo also trained for the mother. So is, is this is this similar to Taken? I saw the trailer. It looked like Taken, but maybe maybe the action might be good. But uh, honest thoughts of the mother, Rick. What's your thoughts? My on? feeling is that uh, basically I think someone came to the great J-Lo and said, we want you to be in a movie. And he went, okay. he went let me have fun. If you let me have fun, I'll be in the movie. Make it about me, even though it seems to be about other things. No, no, it's about yeah. me. Okay. And she is the thing. Let me put it this way. I bet if J-Lo wasn't in this movie, it would be awful. Mm. Because it is directed by Nikki Caro. Do you know what Nikki Caro, Nikki Caro's, one of her first movies was The Wonderful Whale Rider. Mm. Not an action film. Right. It's an emotional drama, which is very, very good. A good movie. Good film. Not a good movie. Good film. The last movie she made was the live action Mulan. Oh, no. And, <laughs> you, know, and you know how much I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. And Tara Mackin was the stunt coordinator on The Mother. And she worked on Westworld, and that had some pretty nice stuff in it. But because J-Lo was in this, every single shot of J-Lo, and there are a lot of them in this movie, glows. She, All right. Again, look at that face. Does that look like the face of the of the girl who starred in Mulan? <laughs> no. How, how DOA, look, there's actual emotion on her yeah. face. Yes, yeah. very flat. It's yeah. very smooth. There's no lines on that face. Yeah. And she's in her, what, 50s now? Yeah. Yeah. But she carries the movie All on right. beautiful shoulders. I was entertained throughout. And I was saying they should have called it a J. Lou movie. Yeah, look at it. Look at that face. Look at that. She can handle herself. And it's and worthwhile because of her and pretty much only because of her. And the action uh, was filmed really good. Everything was... Hey, well done. It was okay. Good enough. It was good enough. She All right. Cool. She cared. Right. What was the other movie recently that I was remembering where I was looking at the the woman, uh, the good actress carrying them, even though it made no sense for her to be um, shooting a gun that way? Maybe Anna de Armas, even though that movie uh, with uh, Chris, what's his name, wasn't a good movie. She was great. Right. She was right. Believable as somebody who could fire a gun, but Anna de Armas is always believable. And that's true <laughs> and so is j-lo copy that all right now segueing to <laughs> how to not film action sequences you know i feel i feel really bad rick because i feel like someone's got it in for henry golding i i feel like someone's got it in we're gonna ruin this guy's career we're gonna keep signing him in martial arts action movies but we're going to make sure we put them in there where people don't know how to film fights or edit fights, post it, and I'll, we're just going to ruin them. I, I feel that way. I, I did not see the trailer. Somebody sent me a fight scene, guys. Someone sent me a link to a fight scene of this movie from YouTube. And I was like, oh, sure, I'll check out a fight. Sure, why not? And I watched it, and I immediately sent it to Rick. I couldn't believe it. I should have did a reaction to it. I couldn't. It was, it was a travesty. I felt like we went back in time to the early 2000s. Well, like this what is, happened? 
this is assassin club yes with golding and naomi rapaz or rapaz yeah uh, and again you could tell how happy i was as soon as i saw that title <laughs> assassin fill in the blank yeah and and so fine as such I wasn't expecting a lot from it. And okay. No, we didn't get a lot from it. It was, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't as long as some of these other movies. Yeah. It It's, again, if you just want empty movement, if you want okay. people doing their assassin thing, if yeah. you're into, a, if you're a badass who's into assassins, you could do, well, no, you can't do worse. You can't do worse. They're all they're all what they are. I mean, they're starting they're starting on a foundation of sand. Yeah, because they're an assassin movie. <laughs> after dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of other assassin movies. Well, the, all the fight scenes filmed the way the the one clip I showed you, or were the other action okay? Let and me do my impersonation of me watching this movie. Here we go. Oh wait a minute! I have to I have to get into the shot. There we go. Pretend that pretend that's a clicker. Okay. Just fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, fast forward, <laughs> fast forward, fast forward. That's, that's how I did it. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, it's I, some good actors in here. Naomi, uh, uh, what's it called Sam Neill's in here. I mean, I'm I am not a masochist. So, you know, and again, hey, great. Look, he's an assassin. Yay. <laughs> he's still assassinating people. Yay. Yeah, this this one lost. Maybe yeah. I should maybe I should have watched this every single second, but I had better <laughs> things to watch, like the next film. I'm yes. Like, I'm yeah. like, okay. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. But yeah, if you guys want to check out Assassin's Club, by all means, check it out for yourself. You may love it. You may enjoy it, but all I needed to see, Samurai Guy, all I needed to see was one fight scene. And me and Lady Fabblood, our mouths were dropped. We couldn't believe One it. very messy, hard-to-follow fight scene. Yeah, yeah. terrible. You did uh, that. That was before funny. we go to the next movie, I looked it up really quick, Rick. Uh, Vietnamese martial arts. They do have one. That? It's called Vo Vinam. Oh. Let's see. Uh, it's a Vietnamese martial art founded in 1938. This Based. is what this is, should be the foundation of your discussion with Peter later this week. Oh, okay. Because he he obviously knows it. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I, Bring it up to him. Yeah. I'd love to see that. He'd be the expert to explain it perfectly. Oh. Okay, Rick, I didn't even know this movie came out Nobody until did. I seen it <laughs> advertised finally. And I was like, whoa, Ben Affleck teaming up with Robert Rodriguez. What? And I I, I was seeing mixed comments. Some of the comments were like, this is the best Robert Rodriguez movie in years. Who the hell said that? <laughs> the other side said, well, that was disappointing. So here we go, guys. Hypnotic. Rick, were you hypnotized? Well, in a manner of speaking, yes. <laughs> uh, of course, I'm not the guy to see this. I, have, I am very good friends with one of the legendary hypnotists of the entertainment world, the amazing Kreskin. So Kreskin and I, and I've known him for decades and decades and decades. He knows all about it. He's all, he loves, he loves correcting movies that get hypnotism wrong. 
And this one is wrong from square one. First of all, Robert Rodriguez, I admire him. Hey, Todd. I admire Robert Rodriguez enormously. I mean, he created his own film world. Yeah. Nothing could stop him. And his original, his beginning movies were pretty good. But recently, since he's become an awesome father uh, and uh, his, he's not working very hard on his plots. Mm. He's just, whatever his ideas are, he'll just do his idea. And, and I felt his episodes of Boba Fett and Mandalorian were the weakest episodes of the entire series because he's just not trying hard anymore. He's just mm. doing it. And unfortunately, Hypnotic, the, the plot is about a bunch of super villainous hypnotists. And it's completely inaccurate and it's completely ridiculous. And the twists, everything, it's, it's kind of like the uh, multiverse of madness and quantum mania in that anything goes. Mm. But anything goes just because Robert says it does, not because it makes any sense or actually really would work in any sort of identifiable reality. But there's nothing new about that. But ultimately, when you can't depend on any, every single plot line is nonsense and every single plot line changes as because it turns out that the person was hypnotized and the other person was hypnotized and they were all hypnotized, but they weren't hypnotized. They were, they were good hypnotists and they're bad hypnotists. It's a mess. Oh man. And it's stupid and it's boring because nothing oh, means anything. That's even worse. Yeah. Boring. And so ultimately you didn't hear about it because even the company that was put, even Robert Rodriguez's company was kind of like, nobody cares about this. It's like, what the WTF? Okay. You know, wow. the only thing I've ever seen worse was, uh, um, what was it? Uh, the, the spirit, uh, what the, the adaptation of the comic book spirit. That was oh, the, the Frank Miller movie. Yeah, the Frank Miller movie. That yeah, yeah. Was that, <laughs> this, uh, this may have been worse. But thankfully, I had an antidote. Okay. I had an antidote, which was, guess who? Go ahead, show them who. There we go. B. B for Butler. In Gerald, in Gerald Butler, I trust. Yes. <laughs> not only that, Gerald Butler is working again in this movie with Rick Roman Waugh, who also did Greenland. And Angel has fallen with Gerald. So yeah. they're, they're a team. And this is a classic Gerald Butler movie. Now, you would think, now that I know what to expect from Gerald Butler, that I would be a little disappointed if he doesn't live up to my favorite movie of his. But, folks, anybody who's an acting student out there, watch JLo, watch Gerald, and see how you can carry a film with your energy alone. It's the little time. Look at the expression on that man's face. He is committed to that sequence. Even if it's nonsense, he's committed. And yeah. also, he's realistic. He's realistic in his acting. I mean, even there, uh, compare this picture to some of the other pictures you've shown where, where the character is DOA, where they just have nothing on their faces. Yeah, thank you. There we go. <laughs> it's like 
or you know get Mulan out there again. <laughs> you know, I was told when I was starting in my theater life way back when I was told by a great director, acting is thinking. You want to see the the audience wants to see you think. Mm. So if you look like you're not thinking at all, you lose the audience. Gerald is always thinking, you know, and and in the movie he does too. And every single line of dialogue is not as bad as it could have been because he makes B movies. No question he makes B movies, not even B plus movies. He makes B movies, but he does it extremely well. And he does it with respect and he does it with in not maybe not intelligence, but with smarts and with verve and with energy. And they're all they all turn out to be not a waste of time. So do you think he found his director? Like it's kind of like the Toshiro no, to Kirosawa or I think no, 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 no. I think he works, I think most of his movies are guys he's worked with before. Okay. What he because making a movie, as Peter will tell you, um is not easy. Mm, so yeah. Gerald just gets to go there and be the brains and be the actor while Rick spelled the same way as my Rick, by the way, is no K on Rick for Rick Wong. Um, he has to do all the work. So I think Gerald has three directors working on different movies at all times. Gotcha. So let's just go from one to the next. Because right. man, when was, um, uh, we weren't we just talking about a Gerald Butler movie? We uh we we uh talked about plane, not too yeah, long ago. Plane, plane yeah. Well, now this is Kandahar, and that's what a couple of months later. Yeah. So yeah, he's busy. Let's see. Um, Dion Hristov has done the action in Kandahar, and he did Dungeons and Dragons, uh, Honor Among Thieves. He Rambo: Last Blood. He did the Indian movie on Netflix, the comic book one, Brahmastra. And that one I, on Netflix that I wasn't crazy about called Outside the Wire, but it was still better than nothing. It wasn't terrible, it just wasn't mm. what I wanted it to be. So Dion has done a lot. And so the action, of course, in Kandahar is not Kung Fu. They're right. not martial arts. Well, they're doing classic soldier martial arts because uh, he's playing um, uh, a, uh, a CIA agent. So it's predictable, and okay. predictable, but it's a Gerald Butler movie. It's enjoyable. It's all that matters. Is you're yeah. entertained. It's better than it. It's better than I was expecting. Okay. All better right. than everybody was expecting. Copy that. Well, uh, before we go to the next one, back to Hypnotic, your favorite film of the year. Um, <laughs> I know you said that it seemed like uh, Robert Rodriguez wasn't confident, or his studio wasn't confident. That's why I barely heard about it. Well, why didn't they pull an Assassin's Club and go straight to video? Because that's what. You think they should have just did that, right? Well, one of the reasons I respect Robert so much is that he makes a film. It's his film. He can do with it what he wants. There we go. Okay, that answers that question. It's like <laughs> it's like Quentin Tarantino, too, owns the film. All right. And, and oh, by the way, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, Ramalama Ding Dong. Uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, M. Night Shyamalan. <laughs> he, he produces the movies. He pays for the movies. They're yeah. his movies. There so you go. let him do what he wants. Copy that. Well, speaking of doing what he wants, we <laughs> have another fast <laughs> and furious movie, the franchise that will never die. That's Maybe right. Not. 
Um, this uh, people are saying that this is the best Fast and Furious movie since seven. They're saying that they're lying. <laughs> what did this bomb or did it do great the first weekend? It did okay the first weekend. And it just dropped, huh? Well, it's it's what we call soft. At the moment, everybody's looking for a billion dollars. All right. the studios want a billion dollars. There right. doesn't seem to be any chance. I mean, it did much better worldwide than okay. it did in America. However. <laughs> Michael said it's bad, but it's better than nine. <laughs> well, well yeah. I, don't, I don't necessarily agree. My, oh, my God. Okay. I've loved all of them since five. Okay. I've enjoyed all of. I've maybe not love is there. Maybe love is, is strong. Is word. that when you became a fan of the franchise when it got more crazy and over the top? Uh, well, you see, once it became, I realized this movie, Fast X, convinced me why, because I I went in dreading this. Okay. Again, I was afraid it was going to be another physiology free, uh, video game movie. And then I, I sat down and it was okay. Technology free video game movie, just like nine, just like eight, just like seven, just like six, just like five. And but then I sort of went, Oh, I know why I love this because when I was a little kid, when I was a little fat little boy, every Saturday I would go to the community theater in Fairfield, Connecticut. And I would see what was called then a children's matinee. I would pay 25 cents, 35 cents, 50 cents over the years. And I'd see a Three Stooges short. And I'd see uh, uh, Bugs Bunny cartoons. And I saw a travelogue. And I'd see a, an actual chapter from an old-time cliffhanger serial. Yeah. You know, Captain Marvel, Spy Smash, Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon, yeah. they would have all Tarzan. They would have all these things. And as a kid, I loved them. And at the end of all, because they were generally, they were all 15 chapters, 15, 15 minute chapters. And at the end of each chapter, there would be a cliffhanger. And they called it that because the hero or heroine would be put into a situation where it looked like there was no way they could survive. Mm -hmm. They were going to die for sure. And then I came back the next week to the Saturday matinee, the following Saturday, and they showed the next chapter. And of course, they survived. Of course, it turns out not to be what it, what it was. And I was watching Fast X, and I'm like, oh, my God. That's what this is. <laughs> this is a cliffhanger serial. Of course, they're not going to die. Uh, you know, they're going to, every 15 minutes, there's going to be another cliffhanger. Yeah. And there was. And it's like, and of course, they're committed. They're all doing the best they can. So it's kind of like, I just went, let it wash over me. It just <laughs> brought me back to my childhood. And, you know, I wanted to I wanted to get a Hershey bar that was as big as a kitchen tile. Yeah. Because that's what I used to get for, for 25 cents. I'd get a, a Hershey bar as big as a kitchen tile. And but I don't I don't have that anymore. But yeah. I still I really enjoyed it. And the movie ends on guess what? A cliffhanger. <laughs> but more importantly, 
They also did something I never, that legitimately surprised me. And I bet everybody who's watching knows what they did. Okay. And delighted me. Because I said, if there's one thing I knew for sure, outside the fact that, you know, the, the Apple Watch tells time, there is no way that my buddy Rock <laughs> is ever going to be in another Fast and the Furious movie. He said flatly, yep. I am never going to be no effing way. F you then no way. And then he made Black Adam. And that changed his mind. Right. And then, <laughs> then James Wan left the production. And ah. replaced him with the great, the what what could we call Louis Leterrier? There are some directors who give direction. There are some directors who take direction. Lewis is the best direction taker in the industry. I mean, why he didn't team up with Vin. Vin has been looking for someone who will bend to his will for this whole series. All he wants people to do is bend to his will. Take directions from him. And Lewis... And everybody else, James Wan, you know, supposedly was quoted when he left the productions going, my life is too short <laughs> to, to keep working on this film. Wow. And so he didn't want to take what the what the Vin was cooking. Ah. Lewis said, give it to me. Let me have it. Let me have seconds. Let me have a playful. Just feed me. Just cram it down my throat. I want you to. And so, of course, Lewis has worked with The Rock before. And so has John Cena in the WWE. So has Jason Statham. Mm -hmm. They all sort of went. How was, our, how was our boy Reacher in the movie? Did oh. they give him some Reacher? The actor that played Reacher. He's in that film, too, right? He's in Fast X, too, isn't he? Who is? The actor that played Reacher, the series oh, we liked. Oh, yeah. Oh, sorry. I didn't even notice it. Oh, okay. Was, you know, it was like it was like there's uh, this. Because he was playing a villain too, right? Yeah. So I just sort of I didn't even I didn't realize he was preacher. <laughs> well, speaking of villains, yeah. speaking of villains, oh, he fan, was fans that you even fans that hate the franchise admit that Momoa oh, was the fucking man. He was perfect. Yeah, he was perfect. I was I was very happy that Vin didn't cut him out. Because I think Vin has gotten Vin and the two guys who I thought would never cave would be Tom Cruise and Vin Diesel, and they've both caved. Right. They're both giving respect to their fellow actors now. Because there was Good. a period of time when they wouldn't. They'd always cut if they were performing better than they were, they would cut them out of the movie. But now, I mean, that was that was another delight in this film. It was just like I'm so I, I came in dreading it, and now I'm I'm here we go. This is perfect for this movie. I can't wait. <laughs> fast double X. I hope it's fat double X and I hope the next one, because they're gonna do three. I'd be amazed yeah. if they didn't be yeah. fast triple X. <laughs> well, there you go, guys. All you fast and furious fans out there, clip this whole segment and share the video. And by the way, there. Patrick Vig did the action. Who he also worked 
on Moon Knight No Time to Die, which explains a lot about the action in Fast X. It's not better than those things. Okay. And what's amazing about the movie is that nowadays I will go to a movie and I'll, I'll watch, I always watch the full credits. And in this movie, and they always put the stunt department after the VFX department, the video effects department. Okay, good. The stunt list was as long for Fast X as it was good. for the video effects guys. Good. All I mean, time. Every stuntman in the world worked on this, apparently. And nice. you, can, you, can, you can kind of tell. Yeah, so I, oh, I would, um, made me happy. <laughs> saying Momoa was very Joker-like in his own way. He was an yeah. urban Joker. <laughs> oh, Brolacon said it was, was it Justin Lin, not James Wan? Or was it that uh, came up with most of the story? Well, I, well, the way it works, a man, is that when you see any movie, especially a movie like this, mm -hmm. probably dozens of writers. It's not, you know, in other words, every everybody gets their call. Vin is the is the boss. Vin okay. Diesel is the boss. Right. But if he lets you, but at this point, everybody throw throw in. And now he has such great people. He has such smart and funny people. And he's giving them their due. He's letting them do what they want. So they're all contributing. Good. That's good. One of the reasons why I mean John Cena is terrific in this. Nice. All right. I mean he's he's he dies in this, but he doesn't. Ah. <laughs> Tune in next. Right. Tune in next week, kiddies. And also, Gal Gadot is back in this one too, who also worked with The Rock. Really, she's back. She's back too. Wow. Yeah. I was wait. I was wondering why it took so long. But well, wow, hasn't stopped rolling down that runway. Oh. <laughs> All right. There you go. Copy that. Uh, now for the big one, and and I haven't seen it yet, but it's okay, Rick. You could spoil yes. it. Oh my god. No, I I'm very behind. I'm very yeah. behind, but it's okay. You can spoil it. It's all right. I will. Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume Three. Volume Three. Well, the last great Marvel film. No, I don't think. <laughs> that. I mean, they. I believe they will improve at some point. I had to throw that in there just for fun. But yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember what the rest of the movies we have this year. Uh, uh, the Marvel movies. I know we have some big ones coming up. The Marvels, I think, is towards the end of the year. Oh, that's too bad. Okay. <laughs> Spider Verse, but I don't know if that is. Okay, Spider Verse next. Spider Verse. Okay. okay. And I'm hearing good things from yeah from people I trust. Right. Yeah. Because you always, as I told you last time, nowadays any movie comes out, you'll hear great things, you'll hear terrible things. Right. 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 For instance, you know, upcoming with next month. With with our buddy uh, the Flash, Craven the Mo the Craven the Hunter is still coming out this year. Craven oh wow! Yeah, Spider Verse and Marvels. All right, well, okay. you know, Marvels is the only actual Marvel movie. The other right. one is partnerships between Marvel and Sony. Right, right, Sony. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but in any case, this one, Gal Guardians of the Galaxy, what they do, it is it is still kind of anything goes, but the big difference is that. James Gunn really makes you care. It's like Peacemaker. Nice. Really, I mean, his Suicide Squad, I think, was sabotaged by Warners. I don't think he was completely in control. Yeah. And here, he did what he wanted to do with these characters. And he, he every single character had a caring arc. 
every single one. I still don't feel they completely nailed the landing. I was okay. a little disappointed by the the fi- the final fate of of, of Star Lord. Mm, okay. I just where they after that come from. Mm. Also, I was a little, and also I liked the way they cut the ending because you know, of course, the villain doesn't die even, the, but the movie makes it possible for you to believe that maybe he did die because it really doesn't make any sense to let him live. Absolutely none. Yeah. I heard he's fantastic though. He, he chose the scenery. Well, in other words, he has a thankless role in that. He's always shouting. Gotcha. He's always screaming. He's always yelling. He's just heinous, but he maintains the role enough. And I have to say, um, yeah, there we go. Making you care. I I wanted to send a little message to Marvel saying, guys, start balancing the villain to hero ratio of your African-American actors. Start okay. balancing that. You have now cast two major big-time villains. Right. African-American actors. Mm-hmm. And are you sending a message? <laughs> if you are, you shouldn't. I mean, white people are far more villainous. So be cool. Well, well, we all, we all, we know the one. We know Majors. I'm sure is going to be recasted as some. I don't know who's going to play him now. Well, it probably won't be a white guy. Mm. It probably should be, <laughs> um, because you look at the history of what white people have done versus what black people have done to their fellow man. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Yeah. Okay, we know who wins or who. What's up, Nightwatch? Hey, man. But anyway, yes, they make every makes me care. The end. The ending isn't mailed. It seems a bit rushed, uh, but it's still it's still wonderful and lovely and sweet and swell and entertaining throughout. And let's see, uh, Mika Carnes, Wayne Dogleash, and Heidi Moneymaker, who also worked on the live action Mulan. Oh, she's great. Honey, money, uh, money making is good. She's great, but yeah. she, they all three of them did the action in this. And okay. the action is what it is. I mean, there's no, they, the, the main, I'm curious as to who handled the hallway. They have a three minute single shot battle in a hallway. And of course, Marvel, Marvel takes everything from Old Boy. Old Boy had the hallway <laughs> fight. Right, right. Old Boy. And of course, the uh, Daredevil television thing. All of them do the hallway fights, and now Guardians of the Galaxy has its uncut hallway fight. Was it well done, though? Was yes, it, good? it was well done. Okay, it but it wasn't it it wasn't kung fu ish, and it wasn't um, old boyish, old boyish in that it it was lighter than air. They were all doing you know slow motion. Yeah, but it's 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 a very nice. It's very similar to the way I felt about um, uh, John Wick 4 in that it was an action number. It was not a fight scene. It was a musical number. Right, right, right. It was an action. And okay. as such, cool. Because also by this time, it was near the end of the movie, and he had made us care about, James had made us care about everybody. So the fact nice. that everybody was doing their thing was fine. All right. Nice. Um, 
I have to ask about this because I'm sure you know the, the 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 history and origin of this character. But uh, some people were disappointed with Adam Warlock. Was yeah. he kind of was he kind of rushed? Yeah, this is what I'm talking about. Not nailing the not la- nailing the landing. Gotcha. I'm hoping that James is strong enough and has a deal with Marvel enough that he can put out a director's cut. Okay. Because I am I am fairly certain. Yeah. Because the, you know they handled Warlock. Kind a little bit, not quite as badly as they did with America Ferrara. Yeah. Still. Wow, that bad? It wasn't that bad, but it wasn't as good as it should have been. Again, it's just this major character just being thrown in. Gotcha. Okay. Did it it matter? Did it make a difference? No. It (laughs) was Adam Warlock was not necessary in this film at Mm. all. This he was wedged in to introduce it. Yeah. For the next thing, which again, come on, Marvel, stop doing that. Right, right. That's why have you have you heard of a potential Adam Warlock film now? This play at this point with the writer's strike and with uh, Mm. uh, Disney's uh, financial situation, because Chappick seemed to be was just a fuster clunk. He had he made them lose billions of dollars with his bad decisions. And so Iger is now in a position where he has to clean up the mess. And every and I hear all I hear various people complaining that so now Iger has to be the bad guy and he's going to cut five, you know, five billion dollars from the thing. And I'm I'm war- I'm telling you what Iger is doing is cleaning up Chappick's mess, but he's cleaning up Chappick's mess by firing everybody that Chappick hired, hmm. which hopefully will be five billion dollars worth. Right. Really, he would. I would not be surprised if he was in league with a, a with you know competition with DreamWorks or whatever, and he you know and he was a sleeper agent who got the job, and his job was to bring Disney down, because he certainly behaved that way, and the result certainly turned out that way. Yeah. So Iger, be here we go. Wolfman Jack, Wolfman yeah. Jack. That's right. That's a fact, Jack. Well, it's good. It's good to hear that. Uh, it's very. He, he nailed it. I mean, not fully for you, but enough to where it's probably one of the best. Actually, not MCU fully movies. for. It's it's not fully for anybody. A lot of people okay. say it was absolutely great, but in the coming weeks, they'll sort of go, "Yeah, it, it's as a it has a soft it has a soft ending." Uh, I have to ask you this, Rick. In your yeah. opinion, no. is this the best Marvel trilogy or your favorite? In your opinion, do you think it's the best? Oh, or Captain. Captain- Captain America will always be. Captain America, yeah. I'm not going to argue with that. (laughs) Cap was pretty dope. They nailed the landing. Ah, that's true. That's true. Copy that. All right. Woo, we made it. We made it. So all you wonderful, awesome badasses, hey, you know what you need to do. Follow Rick. Check the links in the description box below. But before we do that, we know we got to do Rick's recap. We got to do the Rick's recap really quick for all you late bloomers that just popped in. Here we go. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to blow Rick up this time. There we go. And I'm just going to say the title. <laughs> I'm just say the title. All right, here we go. Rick's recap, Foggy Mountain. Okay, all right. Project Wolf Hunting. Let me get the other thumb in there. There we go. <laughs> all right. Uh, American-born Chinese. Okay, okay, all right. All right. Asterix and obliques. 
Yay! I can't. Get, I don't know where my hands are. <laughs> you're, 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 you're in the middle. You're good. Uh, Fubar, Fubar, you give it two thumbs up. Oh, you sorry. give it two thumbs up, Rick. Where's my other hand? There's my other. There you hand. go. There you go. There you go. No, All right. <laughs> AKA. All right. All right. Furies. Okay. All, All right. right. All right. There you go. <laughs> Kill Buck soon. Same. Okay. Same. Okay. Okay. Mother. Same. All right. All right. Assassin's Club. <laughs> Hypnotic. <sighs> B for Butler. Fast X. Family. Ten thumbs up for family. And... Say, no, come back, come back. Fast X. Oh, there you go. Boom. Bam. There you go. All right. And Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. There you go. Two thumbs up. Rick's recap. Now get me. Don't blow me up. Stop blowing me up. <laughs> okay, this we won't I, do that next time. What make, yeah, what makes me happy is that I get to look at you rather than at myself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll do that next time. Oh, my goodness. Well, this was a lot of fun always. That's right. Hey, again, follow Rick. All the links in the description box below. And you know I got to play the clip. I got to play the clip. Play the clip. Get the book. Get the book. Get the book. Oh, and coming up, Voices from Krypton. Voices Ooh. from Krypton. Okay. Ed Gross's new book. Ed did the, uh, the the John Wick book. He did the James Bond book. He did the Star Wars books, the oral histories. So he's quoted me again extensively on the original Superman movie in the brand new, and it's available now in hard copy, in hardcover on Amazon, Voices from Krypton, 700 pages, going through the whole history of all Superman and entertainment. And also it's coming out June 6th on download. Uh, but yeah, get that book. We'll have to add that book to the list of get the books. For yes. Me, yes. Let, yes. Too. Send. Yeah. Send that to me for sure, Rick. And uh, don't forget, guys, tomorrow, join me 9 p.m. Pacific time Thursday night. That's right. Lightning himself. All you big trouble in little China fans. James Pax. Make sure you join us tomorrow. I'll be hanging out with Joel Valley from Media Glitch as well. That's right. Going to be talking some big trouble and more. And Friday, Peter Fam, Sifu Fam. That's right. Another legend on the rise uh, will be with us Friday. That's right. At 5 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, it's not over for Samurai Guy. I got a busy week. <laughs> but it is fun. Love talking movies. Hey, if you guys are new here, don't forget to like, share, and subscribe to the old Samurai Guy. And uh, hey, keep watching movies. Keep enjoying it. Enjoy life. Have fun. We'll see you guys on the next one. Take care. B for Butler.